Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech and Black Hollywood Live. Today, Jeff Bezos adds two Bs to his fortune. Black Panther invades Comic-Con and Verizon buys Yahoo. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down tech news, geek news, tech news, <laughs> um, and nerd culture from a black and brown geek perspective. I'm Joe Braswell. I'm joined the first time in a cool minute by my man Achilles Shine, vice versa. How you doing? I'm good, man. Yes, sir. Out here in lovely LA, living large. Living good, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Um, I'm hot. It's hot. This is hot. Summertime in Los Angeles. Uh, what are we listening to right now? It's off the Khaled album, DJ Khaled, man. It's called Hold the Keys. It's a really dope track with uh, Big Sean and uh, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, it's the hottest track that's out right now. Oh, yeah. I would, I would not know what that is because I am behind. I think, the, I think the last track I heard was, uh, I don't even know. Anyway, um, glad to be back. Glad to be here together in the room. Um, lots of tech news to discuss, but um, I want to, before before I get into the tech news, which kind of leads into our first story, I want to ask you, um, you know, your thoughts on the uh, on the DNC, if you had a chance to check out any of the speeches, any of, any of the, the, the stuff, Obama's speech, Michelle's speech, um, uh, obviously Bill and Hillary's speeches, uh, any quick thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you juxtapose it from the RNC, like you definitely see how the country is divided and split, you know, in terms of uh, values and just overall perceptions or maybe misperceptions. But uh, I, definitely from the DNC, the tone is much more positive and more affirming to what it means, quote unquote, to be an American and what we um, emulate to the rest of the world. I think the speeches were phenomenal. I think they were um, representative of collectivity and unity and bringing about, you know, a, a, a different transformation in our country. My favorite speech out of the whole out of the whole bunch were obviously the the, uh, the Obamas. I think they killed it. They murdered it. Michelle's speech was out of control. Barack's was just smooth and just elegant, man. It's just on point. And historical, you know, it's a moment in time, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Michelle's speech was amazing because it's pointed out too to me that that, that speech had no policy in it, yeah. so it's really difficult to do. Um, but no policy in it whatsoever. And the people that were kind of going out saying, like, why does she have to mention slaves and the slaves? I think Bill, o Bill O'Reilly actually said, well, those slaves were well, were well fed and taken care of, yeah. like, uh, you know, that that's. That's alarming to me. Still, I mean, it's outrageous. I know, I know Bill. I know Bill Raleigh is not exactly uh, the most progressive brother around, but like that's that's brother. <laughs> I mean, for, <laughs> progressive uh, gentleman around, but uh, that's 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 outrageous. But actually, last night um, I've been a little busy, but I actually last night decided to. It was important for me to stay up, and so I went from about one a.m. Till about four thirty a.m. watching uh, speeches, and I had, to, I had to get through them all. And I saw yeah. I saw Michelle's, but I had to get through. I did one to four. I did uh, Obama, Bill, and Hillary to catch, sort of catch up. Yeah. And the Obama speech was, like you said, it was historic. This is one mm -hmm. for the ages. I mean, it was really the mic drop on 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 four year on eight years. Yeah. Uh, a good bookend to when he came eight years ago. Um, I mean, it's extremely eloquent and elegant. Really 12 years ago. 12 years ago. I'm yeah. sorry. Thank you. Uh, 
uh, from the definitely exact for the for the first time, yeah, uh, eight years in office. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was. Um, I, I don't. I, I may. I dare say it's one of the best speeches of all time. Hillary gave one one of the best speeches she's ever given. Um, and and uh, and I think Bill was Bill. I think he was great. But man, Obama and Michelle. I mean, I, it's. I don't know. I don't know. But um, but I digress. I just want to mention those things that that they were um yeah. are still fresh in my mind because it was just you know a few hours ago for me. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I can't stop thinking about it. Um, but as it relates to tech news. The uh, DNC decided this year to like uh, to do its own thing for the first time. They actually decided to have their own uh, streaming, you know, sort of not a network, but program. Uh, 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 channel tw- what's it called? Channel Channel Twenty Sixteen. Is that what it's called? Am I making that up? Election 2016, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Studio. Studio. Studio 2016, yeah. Studio 2016, where they had a full-blown, like, set, a la, you know, MSNBC or anything else. They had a couch. They had a set. They had multiple guests coming on, America Ferreira, uh, some others. And uh, it's kind of a new, it's a way for, you know, the Hillary campaign and, and the, Democrat, the, Democrat, the Democrats sort of take... Uh, speak directly, yeah. speak directly to their people. I think it's kind of a good idea. Absolutely, definitely a good idea, and not just their people, but younger people, millennials. They uh-huh. want to be able to capture audiences that aren't, you know, viewing, getting information from, you know, traditional um, modes of communication, i.e., television, newspaper, whatever. So a lot of the kids are on their Twitter, getting news from their Twitter feeds or Facebook feeds, and so they want to be able to have content that, you know, supplies them in that in that form. And I think that's what's really cool about it to politicize younger folks. Um, because oftentimes, like we we are apathetic or we don't feel that you know that that the the people that are representing us are truly representing us. And so I think having the languaging and the the, the channel in which I guess things are being communicated to is more palatable for for a younger audience. So I think that's great. Yeah, my my daughter's in town. The last my youngest <clears throat> daughter is in town. The last uh, three days and. Um, I mean, I, I've never felt older in terms of media. Like, she is completely dialed in. But everything yeah. I'm saying, like, she doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about when I say, oh, yeah. did you watch uh, the thing on uh, MSNBC? Right. Like, is it on? Like, everything is online. <laughs> exactly. So she just, so she's not tuning in MSNBC or or uh, CNN, for that matter, not not through traditional means. If it's exactly. not coming to her not phone. Directly. Not directly. Yeah. It's not coming to her phone or her, or her laptop. She's probably not going to get it, you know, and so this is this is this does speak to that that you know to to that generation, and um, I think I think it's great. I also think that the production values, everything is kind of converging. I mean, the production values on this stuff are now you know rival you know broadcast, yeah, and um, I think I think it's just kind of a, a new day. It's been a new day for a long time, yeah. Um, but that was one of my takeaways from Comic Con is that like it's a new day in terms of these OTTs and like. Uh, people actually spending money and things looking real and spending real money to make, to rival broadcasts. And it's like, the, it's the first time I've actually seen that. I've heard it talked about for years. First time I've actually seen, seeing it happen with stuff like this. So Yeah, I think this is also great because of the confluence of how they're telling the story. Not only are they doing like traditional um like news setups where you had or interview setups where they're giving you a behind the scenes look they even brought the camera into i think hillary's green room to kind of show what the moments were like before she went up on stage to deliver her speech like those things are interesting yep and taking the model from like an award show is kind of like what they're doing with the with this political um campaign and i think that is that is excellent because people want to see like the 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 stuff that 
can be considered exclusive or they want a VIP experience. And so I think that is what's winning for them. And it also humanizes, um, it also humanizes Hillary and those that are, that are oftentimes far away from us. And I think that bridges community and, and just makes it all, all around just a better va- value for the, for the consumer. For yeah, the I, I, I agree. It's definitely stuff, stuff that like broadcast us to sort of get its act together. Uh, it's often, it just amazes me that most traditional broadcasts, especially the big four, still haven't quite figured this out. They, they try, even with stuff like the Grammys, they try to do like, you know, multiple feeds and behind the scenes and digital stuff. And it never, it's never right. Yeah. Like all this money and all this, these resources, they cannot get it right. I don't know. just that boggles my mind. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, moving on. How do we have this infographic study about uh, about who about the, the, about social media Trump versus Clinton? Who you know how they stack up on Twitter and Facebook and others, and all the data seems to say that people like Trump better and more than Hillary, which is interesting. I, I wonder if that has to do with his level of engagement or the level of people that engage. I mean, in my opinion, it's um, you know it's 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 more the Facebook crowd. You know, people engage. It feels like people are really, really active and engaging and talking about, um, you know, uh, politics, specifically Trump and and restoring America via Facebook. But I guess it's Twitter as well. I don't know. What what, what do you? What do you I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far to say that engagement means they engagement translates to what they'll do in the voting booth. I mean, yeah, I think Trump is is polarizing. He's he's a, he's an entertainment. Um, goon, yeah. you know, so I, he's going to say stuff that's going to make you want to watch and listen and maybe retweet, retweet. Like, did you hear that? Did you see that? Doesn't mean that you are have alignment with him. Doesn't mean that you agree with him. Doesn't mean that you're going to actually give him your vote. Right. So, I mean, I think he's definitely. I think I think his Facebook numbers is double that of Hillary's. His Twitter numbers, followers are double that of Hillary. He spent he hasn't spent one dollar on any TV ads. All his money that he has spent has been on social media. So most of his campaign. Um, expenses are going towards that so I think he he's a he's a mastermind when it comes to using media and I mean there's a juxtaposition between what Hillary does on social media and what Donald Trump does on social media Hillary will actually give factual statistical information in her tweets Trump will make personal attacks so yeah I mean from a person that's not as well informed or maybe maybe wants just some form of entertainment that's more attractive oh look at what you're saying like he's creating a fight he's creating a shit storm I'm gonna follow that versus you know trying to get some educational element out of it but when it comes down to the election day and when you go into the into the voting booth I highly doubt that you know, that's going to trans- transfer over. So. Unless you can tweet your votes. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree. I think that, like, the, make a good point about the, the engagement thing. I mean, Hillary kind of made this point in her speech that I, that, I, that I watched last night. But it's just like, you know, um, you know, policy is, bo- you know, policy and government is boring. Like, I mean, like, it's, it's not, it's exciting to some people. It's not like you want someone, Hillary's thing is she's a, she's a, you know, policy wonk, and she wants to do things right, and she's an attorney, and she's like wants to get in there and, and read the fine print, and 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 read the entire, you know, read the entire, uh, um, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about, whatever, read the entire contract, we read the fine print, and Trump is a headline guy, Trump is a tweet guy, and I think that like uh, all the bombastic nature of Trump's, you know. Uh, tweets and everything he does as you said is that 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 is exciting and 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 hillary's straightforward policy approach is not but who do you want you know run the country exactly it's exciting it's fun it's it's funny it's entertaining it's entertaining to a certain degree but it's also insulting it's also promoting a lot of hate mongering a lot of uh 
negativity and just pollution. And so I, I think that in the end, it's gonna it's gonna ruin him. I don't think yeah. it's I don't think it's gonna transfer over. As soon as we have three or four months before election time, I think it's going to become so polarizing that people are really going to be off him. He's going to lose a lot of his corporate sponsors sure. and lose all his opportunities. That's what I foresee. I, I, I do too. I, it's the first time I'm actually really starting to see that. Like after seeing this, the, 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 the two stark differences between the two conventions and then seeing like, unfortunately kind of reading all of the right wing analysis of like, I mean, the bubble's one thing. Being the right wing bubble's one thing, you know, not endorsing endorse Trump or not want to stand by Trump's another thing. You know, uh, as as, uh, as as Obama says, a contest of ideas between right and left, or one thing. But like, just to be like making up shit. How could you look at the Michelle Obama speech and then criticize it? How could you look at the Obama speech and then criticize? It? Like you're looking for shit, you know? Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and Donald Trump Jr. Like, oh, you plagiarize, you know? It's, uh, all this stuff. Like the 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 any of these speeches, uh, Cory Booker, um, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, uh, my man uh, Biden. Any of these speeches, like, how do you criticize? They're coming from a complete pragmatic place of this is what we, this is our case and this is how we're going to do things, and also a place of optimism and hope. But he, that's the thing; he's not criticizing that. He's criticizing them as people. He's not criticizing what they're saying. They're not, right. He's not criticizing. He's not providing any it's counter great, argument to anything. He's not providing any facts. He's not providing yeah. a counter argument that requires any philosophy it's or direction. Point. It's just personal attacks. Yeah, it's a great point. Which 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 works. Yeah, yeah, you know which works. So we'll see. But anyway, to your point, I agree. I feel like people will be off this. Uh, I think it's getting more and more polarizing. But uh, but all the remaining Trump supporters, I mean, it'll. It, I feel like it's you know people will will show their true colors because I think it's getting uglier and uglier as opposed to what what you stand for if you still stand with Trump and what you're fighting for, what what America you're trying to restore. Like yeah. At the end of the day, when all the dust settles in November, you're still standing with Trump. Then we know who you are, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that that's kind of I mean you, that, that's kind of my thought on it. Anyway, um, moving on. Jeff Bezos is rich. Oh no, we're not we're not there. I mean, Amazon. I'm sorry, Amazon. Back. We, we go back to Amazon. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean uh, Yahoo. I'm sorry. Let's go back to Yahoo. Verizon uh, just bought Yahoo. I just this is just I'll just quickly. Verizon is just is about to buy Yahoo for a cool uh, five billion dollars, four point eight billion dollars, which sounds like a lot of money until you realize that just a short time ago Yahoo turned down sixteen billion or was it worth sixteen billion dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, they have had a gigantic, crazy decline. Yeah. Um, and they never got it right. They never got it right. They were they were, they were the the most visited site in the internet for years. Then Google came and kind of took them off. And Google was was there was their one site, but Google was the most searched site. Yeah. Um, then they tried to get into the media game, and they didn't mm-hmm. do that right. Uh-huh. Uh, they they could not get it right. They have all this potential, all this money, and they went from sixteen billion dollar evaluation to being worth four point eight in a fire sale. To Verizon, like well, no, that's not exactly accurate. Like right. in that sales, not including their 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 cash crop, which is Alibaba and and I think a few other things that they own. They're not including that in the deal. They're going to okay. rebrand oh, that. Right. They're going right. to rebrand that and turn that into something else. Okay. So they're not giving away their not giving away what most of their 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 stocks stocks and shares are worth. Okay, like so that's why it's so low. Okay, no, that that makes sense. Thank you for correcting that because I and then, and and then Melissa Meyer, who was brought in as a Google genius to sort of you know blow it up and make Yahoo cool. I mean, it, it's kind of a Field experiments. I don't know. I it's. I mean, I, I don't really care. I just think it's an interesting thing of something. Like I just don't know how Yahoo, you know, the AOL, AOL and Yahoo merged, and then yeah. now they're both collectively sold for four point eight billion. This is crazy to me. 
I mean, I think I think this is a conglomerate move. I think you know what Verizon is doing, being that it's an MSO, it's an ISP, um, and they're getting into more of the ad game, like where they're able to get all the analytical analytical information about you know who's on this site and be able to use that to their advantage. Like there never, I don't. There's been a a, a situation before where a MSO has bought in, uh, a, a a platform like Yahoo or AOL or. And, like multiple both times you know what I'm saying that is the thing that is, is newsworthy to me in terms of what um regulations will happen if they'll even let the deal go through because of that and the the consequences of that because it'll make them it'll make them bigger than google in terms of uh in terms of users like you combine all those things together yeah like it, it makes them bigger than google so yeah. is that is that something they'll allow to happen yeah. that's the question that i would put out there that's interesting and obviously you just said it's all about sort of reaching you know, uh, it's all about the ads. Like, who, 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 who now can you reach? You know, for one, yeah, that that is. I didn't think about that. I know that's that's that's, that's a lot. Um, all right, uh, now we can move on to, to to rich man Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos um, added another, I don't know, two or three billion to his fortune, which uh, <laughs> it's crazy. But I didn't realize this actually. I knew Jeff. I knew Bezos was rich. Yeah. But I didn't realize dude was worth sixty six billion. Yeah, he's up there. Like, I mean, he's the third richest in the world. He's the second richest in America behind um, Bill Gates. He just passed Buffett. Yeah. Like, I mean, he passed Buffett by three hundred million. Yeah. I feel like Buffett can make that by this afternoon, but yeah. still. But sixty six billion. Absolutely. <laughs> that, is, that is in. I, you know, I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, you ask yourself what makes what makes success value and influence he has both like he's his company is highly his companies are highly valuable and highly influential like what he's done with amazon is incredible it's changed the landscape of of, of everything in terms of how we consume media how we consume products like i mean i think i think that number he deserves that number yeah for sure I, it, it changed the landscape of everything it's just one of these things where you think about 15 years ago you know, there was no amazon there was, there was no, no bezos there was no bezos right you know i mean he is you know, who knows what he was doing? Maybe he's waiting tables with me, you know? <laughs> and now a, a cool, you know, 10 to 15 years later, he's sitting on 66 Bs. Yeah. That's, that's, that's uh, inspirational. It's, 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 it's interesting. And there's no sign of slowing down. That's no, what, that's what was really over. kind of crazy. It's like he's going to cash out, you know? I mean, you know. We talk about Facebook all the time and Zuckerberg. He's only, he's fifth. He's yeah. fifth place in terms yeah. of his net worth. Like Bezos is killing the game. <laughs> he's killing the game in terms of cash. Um, it is interesting when you look at Amazon and Facebook. Uh, I just, I, you know, I just I, these guys, Amazon, Facebook, Google. But you look at Amazon versus Facebook. I mean, the, what 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 Facebook is doing in terms of, uh, you know, how they you know, how they sort of have our, their tentacles are in everything we do worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazon is they sell us everything and they provide us everything, but they don't have. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess Amazon does have a lot of the same info we have. Same that, what? Like same information on us that Facebook has. Yeah, why wouldn't they? They know our they know our viewing habits. They know our reading habits. They know our shopping habits. Like I mean, Amazon Amazon is the closest thing to everything, in my opinion. Everything they're the, they're they are the supermarket, which has everything. They yeah. they give you they have options for food, furniture, content. Like what? Who else is doing that? No one. Oh, all right. And me. and they pro- they provide the back end for most of these companies. Yeah. In terms of their cloud services. Like, yeah, they are set up to be, they're set up to be top, the top dog. And as we've talked about, I mean, they've, they've completely revolutionized the shipping game. 
Like so, you know, so look out look out UPS and FedEx and, and, and as we talked about a lot of time, the United States Postal Service, the post office, like Amazon has they've revolutionized shipping. Exactly. So, um I don't know. That's just nuts to me. All right. Next. Uh this is this is interesting. Oh, uh new app called um from channels is bring live TV to iOS device. I like this right now. I am using uh, I've cut my cores. I'm using Sling TV. I'm not happy with it at all, but I'm using it. Uh, I, I mean, the service is okay. The interface is terrible, especially as it as it exists through my through my Xbox. Um, it's a lot of work for me to turn on the Xbox. You know, even if I got it through through my phone or uh, my controller, uh, it's just like it's not intuitive. It's not good at all. So um, I'm going to switch to channels, which is great through your iOS. But now um, they're they're doing more, and it's, it seems like a pretty dope thing. I don't think it's a dope thing. No, I don't think it's a dope thing um, because of what it requires you to do on the hardware side. You have to hook up. You have to hook up the the device to your router. You need to have a tuner. Right. You have to have an uh, Apple TV. It's like, yo, I don't want to have to do all that. And the yeah. investment to have all those devices is like, okay. Yeah. And okay. like, I, I'm completely arguing for you know nonlinear programming. I don't need um, to watch live stuff unless it is an award show, mm-hmm. it is a sporting event, or it is some like a, like the the DNC or something like that. Some type of event, and I could stream that. You know. That's over the top. Yep. I can stream that. I don't necessarily need to have a, a broadcast um, um, top top box in my house. You know what I'm saying? And I think I think that's still the old model. I think it's the old model trying to be innovative. But I don't think people people will argue that hey, it's cool. It, ha- it has a cool interface. It looks it looks dope. It's simple. It has great functionality. But yo, like, what am I watching on that? Like, what really am I watching on that that I can't watch anywhere else? Well, that's very true. I think for me, like, I, I do, I agree. The live stuff is, is, is key for me, so the, the, the sports and their award show stuff. And I, and, I have, and I have been able to find most of everything I need live. I've been able to find it uh, through my, you know, combination of Sling and, uh, and, and Apple TV and Netflix. Well, not Netflix, Sling and Apple TV. But um, I do like the, which, which what I do like is the sort of the TiVo factor, the DVR factor. You can pause, you can stop, you can rewind. That's something I do miss very much. I got spoiled. TiVo has brought that into our world, and now I'm spoiled. I'm watching Sling TV, and I'm trying to pause, I'm trying to rewind. I can't do it. So, you know, it, it's I mean, just so, frustrating to So me. you're arguing for what's called shift time viewing, where you, you have the power to watch how you want to watch. But really, right. like, what again, what can't... So, for instance, what would you watch on there where... You couldn't watch somewhere else and do the same thing. If I'm streaming it on YouTube, I can go back. Yes, you, if, if, I can if pause stream, it. Yeah, if, if you're streaming on YouTube, if you're watching anything, but if I'm watching programming on uh, CNN, Food Network, I'm talking about just these the MSNBC, Sports Center, mm-hmm. and you're watching this stuff. Like you don't th- those aren't really available through those streaming services. So I'm watching Sports Center and I want to like oh see that thing again. But we talk uh, about this all the time. How many times do you actually watch Sports Center? Well, that then that's the point. Age? That's the point. Well, I, and I think all of this will be moot because uh, this fall, uh, Apple is having their own, launching their own shit. And it's going to be, they're, they're, they're going to have like 15 channels on Apple TV just right right there. So, right. so I mean, I think this, uh, so when they do that, when they get ABC, NBC, and all these other channels, sports, ESPN, right on the Apple TV, I mean, you know, it, that, that, that's going to be, that's going to change the game right then and there. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess my, my as, as we talk about it, you're a thousand percent right, but I will say, I guess my only thing is, in, in comparison to Sling TV, you can make the argument against Sling TV. So you're compa- saying this, this is a Sling TV killer? 
I don't think, I, th- I think Apple T. I think Apple's going to kill them all in the fall. <laughs> it's not going to matter. <laughs> but <laughs> it is a Sling TV ke- killer. Sling TV needs to get their act together, but they're kind of the only game in town. And why, well, you know, they're the only p- place that says, hey, we can give you, you know, 30 channels, you mm. know, 30, 40 channels, including, you know, stars and HBO and stuff and sports, and we can give it to you for $14 a month. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that, that is a deal. So, that, that, they're the only game in town saying that. So, if I got to, like, hook it through my eye into my. <laughs> Get to my phone, to my iPad, to get into my Xbox, and but watch on my controller. Then I, that's what I do. But it's it's ridiculous. I will I, I will admit it's ridiculous. But it's still getting my fourteen dollars. I don't know why. Uh, all right, uh, but your your points are valid. Uh, next, there is a this. <laughs> watch this. This this trailer is ridiculous. So there's AI software that's writing the perfect horror script. Um, there is. Uh, I mean, this is this is kind of a, I don't know how much of a gimmick this is, but apparently there's this AI software that is that is uh, analyzing all of the, the the best things or the, the scariest things uh, that people were most scared about in, in horror movies, the creepiest things, taking all those and 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 putting all those different moments into a script and and uh, and saying that this may be the creepiest thing out there. Um, there's a trailer for this. Which is essentially, it's, it's, it, it, the trailer plays like a like an SNL sketch. Mm. It plays like a gumbo of like every like every horror movie you ever saw. Mm. You know, it's like at three o'clock, she's she you know she goes in the bathtub and then looks in the mirror and says Candyman, and then outside is Michael Myers. It's terrible. You know, <laughs> you know it's like it's ridiculous. But I, I don't I don't know the point. It seems gimmicky, but I don't know. What do you what do you think of this? I mean, it's definitely gimmicky. I agree with that. However, I do see. Um, the usability of it once it further develops um, because all it is is using the AI or using the bot technology to kind of do a scan on consumer behavior, what people like and dislike, what their preferences are and say, okay, well, based on your, your viewing habits or based on your buying habits or based on what you read or post through social, these are the type of interests you have. So let's create a story, a narrative based on that. So I think that could be very useful in terms of crafting, you know, narrative storytelling that's unique or different, and that could you you could center in on an audience. It might be a niche audience, but you could center in and have you know have a, a kind of a co-writer that is a robot helping you, yeah, you know, giving you that that insight and that research that might speed up the creative process sure. for for yourself. I can sure. see the, the 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 usefulness of that. I mean, but it's not like here, write the script and, and you know, I'm making it. The, you know, the first script that this first script. By a robot that wins an Oscar. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I, it's just, but I, that, you do make a good point, though. Like, if they give you all this data and research, and then someone with some brain and creativity can use that to inform them, that that makes sense to a certain degree. But uh, the, the trail, the trailer is hilarious, though. The trailer is like so. It's a fail to me. It's a super fail. <laughs> it's, 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 it's an L sketch. It's, it's, it's a super fail. Uh, all right, uh, the first solar-powered plane has completed its flight. Uh, around the world, uh, it is it, it's a twenty five thousand mile journey. It started a year ago. Um, they they took off in March of twenty fifteen. Yeah. They uh, they made sixteen stops uh, without using a drop of fuel. Yeah. And, and and they they logged over five hundred hours of flight. That's awesome. Like this is insane. Yeah, and, it's pretty dope. We covered uh, this before. Yeah, we did. Well, I mean, it's been a year. Yeah. <laughs> so they just landed in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I, I still can't wrap my head around this because 
I mean, you know, looking at their cockpit, it's not exactly first class accommodations. Oh, it's, you know, I mean, it's a it's a very small plane when you juxtapose it to you know a seven forty seven. Like they right. even said, like it weighs like maybe five thousand pounds versus a seven forty seven is like five hundred thousand. Right. But the point is that this has never been done before using a renewable energy, using solar power to fuel a, a, a means of transportation in the air, a plane right. without having any type of fossil fuel, gasoline, anything. And I think that the fact that it went around the world, even though it took a hell of a long time, this right. shows the potential of what this could create right. as, as new infrastructure for, you know, for, for, the, for the flight industry. I think that's super fresh. So they've only touched the ground 16 times in 365 days. Is that, is that, is that, is that, am I reading that right? I believe that's accurate. I mean, because the plane, the plane, from my understanding, does not travel fast. Right. It, I mean, he's going about maybe 100 miles per hour. Yeah, something so, like that. It's like 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it depends. Well, actually, the average, no, no, no yeah. The, the cruising speed is 20, 28 miles an hour. That's slow. Uh, yeah, like there's no pressurized cabinet. Yeah. Like they can't go too far up. Like, yeah. So, you and know, when they're really, when they're really getting it, when they're really cooking, they go 90. That's not fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially over the ocean. Yeah. Especially when you're crossing the, you know, that, that, that's, that's kind of ner- that's kind of nerve wracking. Crossing like the Atlantic Ocean, going thir- twenty eight miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably I forgot the guy's name, one of the the co pilots. But there was two pilots. They traded off, but one of the pilots, like he has a, a long family lineage of this type of exploration. Like his father was one who uh, I think he went around the world in a, in a hot air balloon. Oh, and, his, no. his, and his grandfather, and then his his father explored like the deepest trench in the ocean. Now he's flying a solar powered plane around the world. Like I, I just love the fact what? that they're they're taking on like these huge endeavors and trying to propel and push forward, I guess, technology. I think I think it's super fresh. Wow, I had no idea. Uh, I forgot his name. Is it what? Picard? No. Yeah. Picard, what's it? Yeah, that's it. Picard. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's even um, even they're sponsored by Moet Hennessy, and there's even yeah. a, a commercial um, that they they're running now. They've been running for months that communicates the grandfather and father's you know wow. experiences and, and achievements. But man, Picard. I mean, keeping mean, it going. Does that, does that mean his uh, his future r- relative, three hundred years in the future, is Picard from the Enterprise? <laughs> that's kind of funny. One of the greatest explorers ever. That's kind of funny. <laughs> There's, there's some link there. I got Star Trek on the brain. Okay. Uh, next, um, uh, Carpool Karaoke, which seems like it, it just it just about felt like, feels like it's about to jump the shark. Like, it just feels like it's at its apex. You know, like, there's a moment in these in these digital shorts when and it's, when the apex moment is when usually Obama comes on. I don't care if it's, like, like comedians in cars you know, getting coffee or, or Mark Marin or whatever, Obama or or but between two firms, like I feel like by the time Obama gets there, it's like, all right, is it is it cool? Does it make it cooler? Or does that mean it's on its way down? This is my personal theory. Carpool karaoke has reached out. Everyone who's anyone has been in that car, James Corden, who is amazing, who I love by the way. And then Michelle Michelle Obama shows up. Now nobody's cooler than Michelle Obama, but I thought like, okay, this may be the end. This this this, this might be the end of carpool karaoke. What else could they do? Who else are going to get in there? But I'm wrong. Uh, they're making it an Apple TV show, mm-hmm. like much like comedians in cars getting you know getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. That's uh, that's nominated for Emmys yeah. and shit. Like it's a whole separate story. Uh, Sixteen episode series. It's gonna it's gonna stream on Apple on Apple Music. Yeah. Um. Not even not even on iTunes. Yeah. Not even on Apple the Apple Music, which 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 I have. So what do you think about this? I think it's awesome. Um, 
I think this is just taking the business model of how lip, lip sync battle started with um, Jimmy Fallon started yep. on his show and then he took that idea and pitched it and got shut down I forgot what network um, but then you know Spike picked it up and that show is, is highly successful exactly so I think the business model is the same with this um, I mean shit just off of his show alone like and, and just this segment of his show has gotten over 500 million views like uh, Adele was the biggest one this is like the second I saw a few of them with Stevie Wonder like they're funny yeah. they're hella, yeah. hella entertaining yeah, I've, seen I think, them, I've seen them all I, I think them. it could definitely work um and I think I think it, it it's a great segue for um, Apple Music, um, a great way for artists to promote their their song, a great way for there to be some type of fan interaction. Um, I think it's entertaining. I think it's good content. Like it makes you laugh. It makes you want to be involved. Like I can't really criticize it. Like it's fun. It's just fun. I got nothing. I got I, me too. I, I'm what is my my wonder out loud of like is this the end of uh, you know. <laughs> Of carpool karaoke, they're like, "Oh, it's a TV series." I'm very happy. I'm I'm all on board. I'm all in on this. I'm all in on James Corden. All in on uh, on all this stuff. I think uh, is funny. He's talented. It's all it's all good. Um, it, but one more question while we're here, like, it makes you wonder about the future of like Apple TV in terms of um, Apple TV of Apple Music. Like, what? Like, you made a good point about Apple Music is keep, keeps providing these these places for artists to promote. I mean, obviously, Apple, you know. Um, uh, what's it, the uh, Beats One Radio, um, you know, with Juliana Nuga and, and, and Zane and, and, and Arbro, like, people come in a show all the time, promoting, 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 and, like, they, you know, it's a good, so this is another means for this, but does this mean we're going to see a lot of music-generated series get greenlit on Apple TV, and and, 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 and is Tidal going to follow? I mean, t- Tidal released that Beyonce joint exclusively, like, what does this mean for these streaming services? I mean, I, I think for Apple Music, it's 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 imperative for them to develop you know ancillary content like this because it only it only keeps people within the app longer and you want and also it gives better potentiality for the artists to make money um and it exposes their it, it it increases their influence and value so i think that you know that's why we had a conversation a few weeks back about um apple trying to buy title potentially trying to buy title because of that like they're creating moments they're creating experiences that people that are exclusive that people want to be a part of and, and view and interact with and so i think having you know like as an ancillary content that goes along with a great song or a great record i think it only adds value to everybody the artist the, the consumer and the platform so i think that's why title is still even a part of our conversation because they, they've done a great job of doing that and i think apple is trying to innovate in that space and they haven't yet cracked that and so this is this is the first attempt of doing that i know they have the dr dre show they developed i don't know when that's coming out they've done a few other things with they actually done a concert with dj Khaled. Mm-hmm. um i think it's one other thing they did something with taylor swift i believe yep um but nothing like really earth shattering yet so we'll see yeah we'll, we'll see. see i I'm, i think it's interesting i, I just i'm, I'm wondering like cuz you know apple TV or Apple in general is de- is developing original programming. So I mean, there's that announcement that my two favorite people, uh, Ben Silverman and Will I Am, have a TV show coming to Apple. Um, so I don't know, man. I, it's it's interesting. Like, where do they live in the ecosystem? Do I go to Apple? Do I go to iTunes to get stuff? Do I go to Apple Music to watch stuff? Do they want? Are they, are they do they switch? It's kind of a very similar thing. What HBO and HBO Now is doing. You have HBO, HBO Now, HBO Go are three separate entities. Yeah. But they all kind of live together. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, but even now, like on iTunes, you you can watch all the music videos right there. So I think right. this type of content would live there. In terms of the content that's more TV centric, it would live maybe in a different place. Yeah, that's interesting. 
anyway, uh, it's, 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 all this stuff is really fascinating to me, and it's, it's where it all goes. Uh, moving forward, um, so Comic Con um, uh, was would ha- happen over the weekend. I, I was there for for a very long time, too long. Like being in Comic Con too long is like being in Vegas too long. What I what I realized, oh, no. you know, I was there for since Wednesday to Sunday, which is way too long. But uh, one of the cool things that did happen there, one of the many cool things, is. Um, uh, our guy Ryan Coogler got to got to was there with with his whole cast and it was very cool to see uh, them all there uh, talking about Black Panther, but not just uh, Coogler, but Michael B. Jordan and Lupita Nyong'o, Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o and my boy Chaz, Chadwick Boseman, and uh, it was cool. I mean, it was, it, it's the idea of having you know you know five black folks together. My girl from uh, um, Walking Dead, which I can't remember her name. Um, I can't remember her name, but anyway, yeah, it was, it was cool to see, and they've, they've announced some they've, they've announced some character development and some folks, and uh, yeah, it's exciting, super exciting. Um, it's going to be awesome. I think just just in terms of the history of you know a black director, a black cast, black superhero, all that is just great. Yeah, Drake is great for you know the, the the ecosystem of of superhero movies and content, like to have some diversity, and then to have this you know introduced at Comic Con. Further, further diversifying Hall H because we've never seen this is historical. We've never seen you know a, a black lineup have this no. type of uh, visibility, and so I, I already know Coogler's going to kill it. He's he's a scientist. He's going to really like be very detail oriented and make it make it the best. And yeah. I, I love the cast, and I, I just think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. Uh, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> I'm really really excited about that. And there's, there's much more stuff there, but this was this was definitely kind of a. a a cool thing to see. Uh, moving on, uh, MTV. If you like your classic MTV, your '90s MTV, um, I'm, a, I'm an '80s MTV guy myself because I'm Gen old. X. <laughs> but uh, uh, MTV Classic is coming. It's gonna launch August first. It allows you to get all the cool stuff that you miss, like uh, it's, it's singled out and and, uh, and Beavis and Butthead Ooh. and all that all that stuff. Uh, I think it's a great idea. What's wrong with this? I'll watch it. I'm old. Um, that, definitely a great idea to have the classico um, implemented. I think you know for and especially since they're, they're targeting younger folks, right. they give them kind of a nostalgic feel, and everything always comes back full circle. But I think to to the point you're alluding to, like why why not expand it to the Gen Xers? Yeah. Why not why not go back even further to like giving content from the '80s? Why not why not just make it music videos again? Yeah. Why not just play you know old award shows again? Like go all the way back. Give us the history. Give us all of that. Yeah. Why why cap it up cap it off at the '90s? Or started off at the nineties. Yeah, you know? I, I, it's, it's, I think it's clear. Well, I think there's, there's probably two reasons. I'm sure there's some sort of because that that was a whole different regime uh, but, but then. But I think that's clear that like they, you know, the, the Gen Xers, and I'm, I'm one of them, aren't the baby boomers. Like we don't like spend like we don't spend the money like the baby boomers. That I'm but assuming that's the, that's the point. You know? Everyone's serving the baby boomer, baby boomers, and, and the, the millennials. millennials. Yeah, who's serving the Gen Xers? Nobody. Exactly. So why not Shit. get in that space? Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I'm, you're preaching the choir on that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but uh, yeah, but they, they are they are they are going to bring back. Um, they have some classic. They're classic shows: Daria, Cribs, Beavis and Buttheads, whatever. But they're bringing back uh, MTV Unplugged and Storytellers, which were which were favorites, and it's kind of it was good to see. But yeah, I don't know. I, you know, MTV Unplugged in this day and age, there's not a lot of like 
unplug cats to see. It'll be interesting to see. Like, what um, you mean? Well, I mean, there's not there's not as many. I guess we'll see the different versions. Like a Kendrick Lamar unplug would be interesting. You know what I'm saying there's not exactly a bunch of bands anymore. You know, the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a bunch of bands. Like a bunch of live musicians running around right now. Well, what are you what are you suggesting? You're suggesting that MTV is going to bring back the franchise and have new content develop. I took it as they're going to just play old throwback stuff. Uh, I thought that they're bringing back the way I said is they're bringing back all the old stuff, but then they're bringing back those two storytellers and unplugged as as as, as, oh. as new. So okay. so hmm. as well as old. Got so it. I could be wrong about that. I can't. You know, they, they said the return, the returns of along with the returns of MTV Unplugged and some live concert videos. Uh, okay, maybe not. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, but but to, to say, let's let's theorize and say they did bring it back and for a new reiteration. Like, I think there's tons of bands out there that would fit perfectly with that format. I would yeah. love to see a Kendrick on sure. a plug. Me too. I would love to see that. That Me would be too. incredible. Yeah, I, I would love to. I, I would too. I'm just I, I, it feels like that the the era doesn't speak to that but i guess we will all be pleasantly surprised when i don't know i disagree i think we're in the era of live performances people okay. want to see those intimate like performances jay-z did a, a, a his, his did reasonable a doubt concert yeah in a small place yeah. like people want to see that you're, you're a thousand percent right like this is this is i mean we're in the summer of festivals there's every every year there's like 10 more festivals added you know so people love live music i mean that's a way for artists to make money but like you know, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You're a thousand percent right. Uh, um, uh, moving on, uh, Mary Poppins. Something I'm actually very excited about. I'm, I'm going to out myself and say that I'm a I'm a huge Mary Poppins guy. I got three girls, but even before that, I'm a huge Mary Poppins guy. So I'm very excited about the new iteration, Mary Poppins Returns. Um, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Mary Poppins Returns um, with uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda and Emily Blunt. Uh, I'm really excited about this, but even more exciting. Uh, Meryl Streep is joining the cast. I don't. I don't know how this. I don't know how this is going to go wrong. This is one of those things that, on paper, right, it looks awesome. Uh, Rob Marshall's directing. You know, like he knows how to direct stage to screen. Uh, Emily Blunt perfectly cast. Lin Manuel Miranda. I mean, you know, what do you oh, want from him? Exactly. And then, and then you add Meryl Streep. Like I'm a jinx it right now, but how can this fail? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. You have no arguments for me on that one. I, I think I think that this could be explosive for yeah. for those that love this this. Mary Poppins yeah, franchise. Me I think too. It's me, yeah. And I, I will say that you know people are concerned. It's always dicey, whatever the property is, when you bring it when you bring it back, either a reboot or a rehash or return after X amount of years. Right. It's always dicey. I I, I think this is going to be good though. So we'll we'll, we'll see. I thought like this is too many too many good things happening. Yeah. Um, and then uh, last but not least, I think this is last but not least. We're gonna go to uh to it's a quick Comic Con recap. Um. I mean, I don't know. I was there. I, 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 I was there. I mean, you obviously weren't there because I, because I would have saw you. You would have been with me. I would have been with you. But um, uh, there's a lot of stuff that happened. Actually, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool things that came out um, this time around in terms of films. I was really the the Suicide Squad stuff. It looks amazing. But I, but I'm really more mostly excited about the DC. The Warner Brothers had a really really good panel with uh, Suicide Squad and. Um, Wonder Woman and Justice League. And the Justice League trailer looks really good. I mean, it looked really good. And they're really trying to infuse some humor. There's probably, there, was, there was probably like, I think three or four uh, laugh lines, laugh laugh moments in the trailer. So they're trying to show that, hey, we can be funny too, like the Avengers. We're not all dark. Uh, and it played really well. And the Wonder Woman thing looks dope. 
you know, and the Suicide Squad thing looks incredible. So, I mean, I, I, that, that, my takeaway, and then of course, the TV side, Flash, Green Arrow, Legends, and Supergirl couldn't be bigger as well. I feel like DC is kind of on a rise. Uh, this yeah. is, this is the year of DC. I mean, no, no, because disav- Marvel didn't really have anything except for Black Panther, Luke Cage. Well, and, and, and well, of course, and Luke Cage, of course, uh, and the Defenders, and, and and Iron Fist. But yeah, but aside from the, but I mean, feature wise, but so Marvel had, ironically, the black folks. They had uh, Luke Cage yeah. and Black Panther. Yeah, oh, that's pretty strong. I didn't think I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and DC came out too. Uh, I, you know, they also DC is also getting you know uh, Marvel's got the black folks, but DC's got the black folks and DC's got the women. I think this is a strong showing for DC. I um, agree. That, that was that was one of the cool things that I that was one of my big takeaways. Anything you saw that you that, that you saw online that you that you um, we already covered it with Black Panther. I think that was a highlight for me. Just seeing seeing uh, recaps of that. Um, the Wonder Woman trailer I think is fresh to death. Um, I can't wait to see Will and how how what his acting chops is in, mm-hmm. in this new movie Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a bad guy, yeah, technically, yeah, but you know he's still so charismatic. He's Will Smith in the whole thing, really. But he's right. a bad guy, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the, I would say that the top bill for me is definitely Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, I got we got to wait a whole year and some change for it, but yep, I think I think it's going to be earth shattering. Yep. So uh, I will mention well, that. What about you? What, what were the top uh, the top dogs for you? Well, I have to say, I mean, this is I, you know, uh, I, I am, and we are been working on this uh, Star Trek documentary that for History Channel, and I got the opportunity to go down and go to the premiere of Star Trek Beyond, and that experience was pretty fantastic. It was an outdoor IMAX screen, the largest, the first outdoor IMAX, largest screen outside. They had a live orchestra doing the music. The entire cast was there. It was hosted by Conan O'Brien. And it was a beautiful night right on the water. 3,000 fans. I mean, as a spectacle, laser show, fireworks, and then, you know, the movie. And so I, I think that, that was that was a highlight. Um, a lot of Star Trek stuff went on, down. But I, I, I got to stick to, um, I got to stick to the DC stuff. Because I'm, I'm a DC guy, so it's really good to see um, you know, DC trying to make a trying to make an uptick. Uh, TV wise, there's a bunch of TV stuff. Um, I actually bought a bunch of comics this time around too. Mm. I actually went went old school and went on the floor and walked the floor and bought a bunch of comics. I bought a poster, I bought a Karate Kid poster. Like I was, I went in. You know? got, you, got, you, got your fanboy on. I got my fanboy. I got to. Prefer, I haven't done that. I haven't really had done that because I was there for five days. Right. Shit, but like. I did have a time to, to do that, and that was good. And um, I don't know, Comic Con is, uh, you know, it's big. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's just big. Um, my big takeaway from Comic Con, though, but what I will say is that, like we touched on this earlier, is there, you know, when we went uh, three or four years ago, um, there was, you know, there's Nerd HQ, and there's a couple, couple things that were happening that you can go. This year, everybody who's anybody. <laughs> Beside, aside from networks, all these OTTs yeah. are now coming in, and even not even OTTs. Like you know, uh, IMDb has a has a stage and a yacht, and you know, Entertainment Weekly has a thing. And smart magazine. So you know, if you're uh, promoting something, not only is it Hall H, but it's, you've got to make the rounds to like ten places now. It's, it's like it's like Coachella. Yeah, like all the brands are there. You go to party to party, and, yep. you, and you you know, schmooze with each of the brands. Same thing with this. Like, because, I mean, they're brands. Yeah. And you but go they, and you do, do your thing. They all have, but they all have, like, stages experience with experience. Well, yeah. But, like, um, um, 
but cameras, they all streaming something. So they right. all have coverage. Is what yeah. I mean. Some sort of like, come sit down on my couch and let's have a chit chat. And it's going to stream out to everyone. They all have panels, you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And then, but like, then they're streaming live to all like IMDb. Look on IMDb, there's like 15 things you're watching. Yahoo. Everyone has it. And so in Comic Con HQ, which is their new thing, they have a huge presence there, and, and, and which is owned by Lionsgate. I would say it's more like South by Southwest than Coachella. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. It's, it's getting more like South by Southwest. But I'm just surprised at how many OTTs are there with giant stages and giant but cameras. Why? The OTTs got bread. They got I bread. Know. Why wouldn't they be there? I, did, I, I just, I, I'm, now I'm just seeing this. That's my point. I, I'm opening my eyes to, oh, these guys have all this money to sit out and build giant stages and have 15 cameras do an interview. Yeah. You know, with so and so, and they're doing that all. They're just b- hopping around, yeah. doing that all day long. So yeah. it just wasn't. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. And everything we know, Nerdist Q, Nerdist, everything's just bigger. I mean, four years ago, we didn't have uh, Facebook Live. We didn't have the streaming technology the way yeah. it is now. Like, so I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with just the technology we have, and 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 just how people, the people's. Uh, uh, view, viewing habits and awareness of how to use the technology. I think people want that type of content because it's more. It seems like it's more inclusive and more exclusive at the same time. Right. So, well, that's uh, yeah. So that's that. Um, Comic Con. I mean, I, who knows next year? I don't know what's going to be, but it's it just keeps getting bigger. So we'll see. Uh, that's all I got. Anything else? Yeah, man. Um, Stranger Things. Ah, yeah. Stranger so freaking things. cool, man. Ah, been, so freaking cool. I've, I've been hearing about. It. Ah. I know nothing about Stranger Things. Oh uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta catch up on that. Everybody, do the, everyone I know, they do a big show here. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think Roxy and and and, and them have a, the official show for Netflix here and our sister network AfterBuzz, and everybody's buzzing about it at Comic Con. Like you're the fourth person within yeah. within four days who's asked me about it. Stranger Things is the best. Man, I can't. I mean, in terms of the the Netflix portfolio of, of original content, I would say Orange is the New Black obviously is is up there. But this this joint is is so great. It's so awesome I mean, because it's a throwback to the '80s. It's like everything you want in a, in a TV show. It's everything you want. I think heck? it's for it's for for kids. It's for adults. Like it's it's just dope, man. Wow. Everything about it is dope. I, and I'm not trying to give spoilers or whatever, but yeah, I would highly recommend seeing it, binge watching it, and. Yeah, all that good stuff. What the? Okay, well, I'm doing. I'm doing that. That's 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 highly comes highly recommended. I will say, I can't remember the last time that you, Achilles Shine, recommended a TV show like this. Like right, this is up there. So this is I, good. I, I, that, so this this is the highest of recommendations for me. I, I got to start watching it right now. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> okay, uh, that's exciting. All right. Well, shoot, there it is. Um, I think that's all. All we got. Oh, born. Tonight, I, I haven't had time. Usually, I, usually I would have saw it already. Right. But uh, I decided I was either born or, or, or the Democratic Convention, so I did that. <laughs> so you know, if I'm not dead, I might try to watch it tonight. We'll see. Right, there you, it is. Are you uh, you going to see it this weekend? Um, I, I would hope so. I would hope to. Okay. Yeah. If I have availability, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, that's all we got. Um, we will uh, see you next week. It's good to be back, and uh, you guys uh, be safe out there. Um, that's all I got, right? All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christian, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. 
and I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live. Scipio, Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.